All right, so, <clears throat> all right, welcome to another episode of uh, the First Group Battalion Chief. I'm Danny Sheridan, and I am truly honored to have two wonderful guests tonight, maybe three. We're still waiting on one more, but um, we had a little technical difficulties, so uh, we're not live. But anyway, I have two guests. I have um, Michelle Fitzsimmons. She's Battalion Chief in the New York City Fire Department, and I have Eva Emery. She's one of my five fighters in my area and a lot of four, too, so... Um, without further ado, I'll let you girls into ladies introduce yourselves. Michelle, you start first. You're senior. Uh, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> introduce <laughs> yourself first. I guess I, I'm, I'm Michelle Fitzsimmons. I'm a battalion chief in the FDNY. I'm currently assigned to the 14th Division. Um, I've been a chief for about uh, coming up on three years in May. And uh, I was a captain in Manhattan in Ladder 12. Uh, that's in the Chelsea area. And then I was a lieutenant up in Engine 67, uh, up in Washington Heights, the northern part of Manhattan. And I was a firefighter um, in 289, uh, Engine 289 and Ladder 138 in Corona, which is uh, where I had just finished covering. I was covering as a battalion chief in that area the, for the past uh, four months. So, uh, I came back home to where I used to work, and uh, I've just been, uh, you know, fortunate member of the FDMY. I've had a lot of opportunities working in the fire department. I was a member of the uh, family assistance unit. I've taught at probie school. I taught three classes at probie school, um, and uh, I guess that's kind of who I am for right now. That's good for now. I'll get into so more just, of this later. Yeah. Just FYI, I was born. <laughs> Street between eighth and ninth. So we, I grew, I was, I grew up in Chelsea for the first parts of my life, and uh, right around the corner from the firehouse. And as you know, my mom lived uh, right over in Penn South. So um, I used to obviously mm -hmm. once in a while. And um, yeah, anyway, I'm glad you're here. So uh, next, Eva. Eva, you want to say hello? All right, uh, I'm Eva Emery. Uh, I started my career in Engine 73. I was there for seven years, transferred across the floor to the truck, at about three years in uh, Ladder 42. Right. And I've been watching you whole, your whole time. You know, I just picked up on something for the first time, Eva. I don't, you're not from yeah. New York, are you? I'm not. I'm originally from uh, New Jersey. Okay. Because you don't have the, the accent. Just... I'm, no, definitely I'm good not. with the accent. No. <laughs> I, I picked up on it right away, you know? And um, and I see we have Chief Lee with us. <laughs> All right, it says I'm on I'm unmuted. I think. There you are, Frank. Good, good yeah, to have you. You are. Say hello. We're on with uh, the wonderful ladies here. We have Michelle and Eva with us tonight. So. Yeah, um, excellent. I heard their I heard their introductions. They are uh, fully involved in the FDNY, and that is fantastic. So uh, I'm Frank Lee. I'm a Deputy Assistant Chief. I am the Chief of Safety the FDNY, and uh, I've known Michelle for the majority of her career. Um, and mm -hmm. just judging from her, you know, what she's been involved in, I mean, she uh, fully embraces the FDNY, and I don't know much about either other than what I heard, and then I won't hold it against you that you're from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, Frank, I'll, I'm going to vouch for Eva. I've seen her since day one, and let me tell you something. She's, she's one of us, so... Um, no, no questions at all. So, so girls, uh, ladies, sorry. I have girls. I, I want to let you know, I have three daughters. Frank has one or two. I'm not Frank. One or two daughters. I forget now. I have, I have one daughter and she actually, so I was, I was late getting on because 
I had my granddaughter over with my daughter and I told her, I said, stay a little while because she's got 10 years in the volunteer fire department and she's a career fire marshal for the past three. So I said, come on, stay and go on. And she's like, I'm not going on. I'm well, I would have loved to have. <laughs> I, yeah, that would have been great. I try to talk my daughter to come on. So uh, same with you know my three daughters. They're they're all engineers. And but my middle girl, Christine, she she had a great job with Regeneron, and she a little bit like her father, I guess. She wanted to pursue what she wanted to do, and she's now a PA. She's up in Hartford. She went to Tufts. And uh, I give her a lot of credit, but she oh, wow. became an EMT to get her hours up so she could become a PA. So anyway, so I had to do That's a great. little, um, I had to check with Christine because I was a little nervous about this broadcast. I'm usually, Frank will tell you, we usually just fly off the cuff, but I want to make sure I get this right. So my daughter actually helped me with some questions. So um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to, I have some questions and my daughter, Christine, gave me some questions, but Anyway, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I um, I, I actually worked on Wall Street. I, I went to uh, St. Francis College and I worked at Merrill Lynch in the early 80s when things were booming. And uh, man, I just have to tell you, the the attraction to be a firefighter was just I, I couldn't I just couldn't deny it. I, I, I don't think I would have been happy working on Wall Street. I would have made a boatload of money. But, you know, I had family in the fire department and I just remember growing up, it was like I just couldn't think of doing anything else. I mean, the guys in the neighborhood would tell you I used to chase fire trucks up and down the block. And I know I'm sure Frank did the same thing. He was he was a, a young volley out in wherever East Meadow, wherever, wherever he's out, Massapequa or somewhere on Long Island. But um, what what drew you to Farmingdale? You're close. Farmingdale. All right. I, I know it was out there somewhere. <laughs> I'll start with we'll go by seniority. So, Michelle, what drew you to the fire service? I'm 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 really fascinated by because I, I have to be honest with you. When I came on a job, my mother was a nervous wreck. And it was if there was a fire anywhere in the city, you know, she would be calling the house and is Danny okay? And I'm like, Ma, I work in the South Bronx. That fire was in Brooklyn. You know? But you know, yeah. I never I, I'll be honest with you, I never wanted to encourage my daughters to get into the fire service only because of my own, you know, like I was just, this is too dangerous. You know, like, I'm sorry. I draw the line, you know, like, you know, I just, uh, but what drew you guys? So Michelle, how about you? What, what drew you to the, to the fire service? Um, like I can talk about like being 13 years old and seeing, um, on the news when women first got in the fire department, um, Back in 1982, I remember seeing a news report about it, being like, oh, excited about it. And my grandfather was a retired battalion chief. Okay. He said, women shouldn't be firefighters. <laughs> okay. And I, I, and I, I could say, I kind of took it to heart right then. And uh, I didn't pursue it for a long time. Yeah. Um, I went, uh, you know, my, uh, my grandfather was a uh, retired as a battalion chief out of the 5 And, um, he was on from 1932 to 1968. Um, and my grandmother's father, my great grandfather, was a firefighter too. He was on from 1909 to 1958. Um, and he retired as a firefighter. He worked in a uh, 20 truck and five truck. Um, and my, that was my great grandfather. 
My grandfather was a uh, firefighter in 20 truck. And then he went to, uh, he was a lieutenant in 22 truck. He was the captain of ladder 125. And then he went to the second battalion and then to the five O battalion. Um, so I had it like in my history, my dad couldn't be a firefighter because he had uh, perforated, perforated eardrums. He didn't, both of his eardrums had holes in them and he actually tried to get surgery to get it fixed and it actually made it worse. Um, so he was never able to pursue his dream of doing that. Um, but after like my grandfather being like, Oh, you know, women shouldn't be firefighters. I, uh, I worked in, um, with people with HIV and AIDS. Um, like I was in co- college for, um, the late eighties, um, and into 19, like I graduated in 1991. And, um, I, uh, worked in with people with HIV and AIDS and, uh, as a caseworker for the city. And then I worked at gay men's health crisis. I, was a coordinator and ran programs and stuff. And then, and I was just completely burnt out. I did that for uh, work with people with HIV and AIDS for 10 years. And I was really burnt out at that point. And I was looking for like, God, you know, I was going to, I took the police department exam and then I happened to be sitting at a fundraiser and Brenda Berkman ended up being seated at the same table with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just happenstance. And we were talking. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, she's like, oh, you know, I found out who she was. And, um, you know, she was one of the original women. And she was like, you know, there should be a fire department test coming up. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, you know, you got to, you know, just pay attention. And luckily it came. um, I was a month and a half short of being, you know, of aging out when they when the filing opened up. It was uh, September of 98 is when I filed for the exam. Um, so, and so it was just, I was completely burnt out looking for stuff. I needed a job that when I left, my job was left there. I wasn't bringing it home with me because I was bringing way too much work home with me. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up here. You know, just real quick, you yeah. mentioned 20 truck and back in the day when your grand great grandfather was there, they were known as the Kenlin's giants. John Kenlin was the captain. Huh? Was it Kenlin? I thought it was Croker's Giants. No, no, it was Kenlin's Giants. And you had to be... Oh, I had heard Croker's no. from the, no, uh, Croker, the commissioner. Okay. Croker's a different guy. But John Kenlin wound up becoming the... Okay. Department, and he had a requirement. You uh-huh. had to be yep. over six feet tall. I'm not yeah. sure exactly how tall you had to be, but there's two kids down there now. And I always joke every time I'm working down, and I said, you know, you guys could be oh, yeah. part of Kenlin's Giants. But that was a very prestigious truck company back in the day because that lower east side was, yeah that was uh well that they were hell's hundred acres then hell's hundred acres and my father-in-law was a, a farm in 33 engines so they they kind of ran in with them a little bit but um well, well when, when my great when my great-grandfather was there they were on mercer street yes yep with the second battalion maybe i'm not sure but anyway so okay. eva tell, <laughs> tell us eva how did you to the New York City Fire Department. So I guess uh, I I started getting interested in the fire service uh, about like 16 years old. I volunteered in uh, New Jersey, and how I there was a, a guy that I used to work with. On basically, I grew up with horses, so I was working at horse farms here and there. And one of the guys that worked on the farm volunteered at the fire department. 
So he mentioned that, you know, they were taking, um, you know, volunteers. So that's how I started, um, just volunteering when I was like 16, 17, 18. Um, and then I went, uh, I became an EMT uh, in New Jersey. And then, um, and then I went and got my paramedic. And I actually tried to get on um, Jersey City Fire Department for a couple of years. Um, the t- I think the test got thrown out. I, l- I actually was living in New Jersey, in, the, in Jersey City, trying to get on Jersey City Fire Department. And then I became paramedic for the FDNY. And I took the promotion test, moved to Astoria, Queens. And then I got, you know, and then I went to the fire academy and uh, the rest is history. Yep. Very cool. All right. Frank, what, what year did you go through the fire academy? Uh, 2013. All right. I graduated 2013. Excellent. So both both of you ladies had careers before you were firefighters, whether it was on EMS or whether it was all the different things that, that Michelle did. Pretty cool, uh, pretty cool pass. I like it. Frank, tell us how you got on the job. What? I don't think we ever, we ever talked about this. Uh, I got on the job in 1992. I took the test in 1987, fresh out of high school. Um, I was, uh, you had to be 17 and a half and I was 17 and a half in like a month. So, uh, yeah, and then it took a long time to get on from taking the test in 87. I got on in 92. And here we are 30, 30 years and three months later. Uh, it goes fast as uh, yeah. you as took the test. Like aware. You took the test at the New York Armory because I worked that test. Yeah, I took the test before Michelle was born, I think. <laughs> before I was born, I, was in, I graduated high school in 87. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I remember I worked. Maybe Eva. Maybe Eva. Yeah, I think you definitely before yeah. you. That's that's not even. Yeah, Danny. I I bet you Danny took the test before we were born. <laughs> Eighty two. He's three days old. Danny is three days older than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> He's three days younger than dirt. Okay, hold on. All right, so Christine gave me a Let's see what Christine gave me. Let me go to one of Christine's questions. So, well, we already talked about... So Danny never has questions, by the way. I've I've been on his podcast at least a dozen times, and he's never had questions. He wins it always. He wins it so much, he should work... He should work for Buffalo Wild Wings. That's how much he wins it. Yeah, but I was afraid to (laughs) wing it this time. (laughs) I I said, I better get my ducks in a row on this one. So, anyway. Um, All right, so... Let me ask you, I'll start with Michelle. Michelle, what did you do to prepare for the physical? So as I have to tell you, the way I worked out for the physical, I first um, was working out for the physical they gave in 77. And that was that was some test. I mean, they were, I mean, guys were like, I think 7,000 passed that test out of like 70,000. So I was gearing up for that one. And then they, they changed it a little bit and they went to the test that Frank took. He took a lighter version of the one I took. But I, I actually worked out for like a good year. I ran, I did steps with the vest, uh, did weight training. I mean, I, I, I basically dedicated a year of my life to get for this 
for this job. What, what did you guys do? What did you do, Michelle? Um, I had been, I had already been um, going to the gym a lot. I, uh, I played flag football uh, in my early 20s when I lived in Brooklyn. And um, I had a, a friend who was a, uh, at the time, a personal trainer. And, uh, and she was like, oh, we're going to play together. She's like, you're my guard. She goes, let's go to the gym. <laughs> she got me going to the gym and I kind of became a bit of a gym rat. Um, and so I was in decent shape. Um, and I kind of, you know, continued doing that for, you know, the, until I went, ended up taking the test. But, um, John Jay college at the time offered a class for women. Uh, I think the United women firefighters had gotten a grant to do a training. Um, and they were offering training there and, they had a lot of simulations of the events that, of the test that I took. Um, so you did, you know, they had the, the vest with the stair mill. So they would have you, you know, doing in, um, high intensity training on the stair mill with the vest on, climb, you know, climbing, you know, up and down in flights of stairs, they had hoses there. So they had like things similar to the events that were in the test. Um, so I, I think it was like once a week, maybe. Um, and I showed up at every session for that. Um, and I upped my training. I bought a vest. I was on the stair mill. At the, you know, I made sure the gym I joined, um, you know, I changed from one gym to another to make sure I had one that had a stair mill. Um, and uh, just continued to, you know, intensify my training. So, you know, I had already been training for a long time, you know, a number of years in the gym. And I just kind of bumped it up a bit more and then had that specialized training with John Jay that really helped a lot. So that was kind of my, my path to it. Uh, my biggest thing was trying to train for the, the run, the mile and a half run. Cause I'm, you know, my friend used to talk about that. She was a, uh, she was a racehorse and I was a Clydesdale. So I was just never <laughs> a runner. So, you know, just getting to getting, getting my run down to uh, close to like a, the eight minute pace, Took, that took me longer than it actually did for a lot of the the uh, the strength training. That's my problem. I could run. I could run for an hour or two, but I can't run that hour or two very fast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a series of ten minute miles, I'm your person. You want a series exactly. of miles? You better be looking elsewhere. No. Yeah. So I'm gonna call. Yeah, I'm gonna call exactly. Eva. I'm gonna call Eva Yellowstone because Yellowstone. Yeah, that- that pretty much uh, describes me there. <laughs> I kind of so get. I was always, yeah, I was always an avid uh, gym goer. So, you know, weighted vest, um, doing the stairs, running, and then also just the you know the farm life. Basically, uh, you know, it's lifting hay hay bales, which are you know fifty to seventy pounds. Um, stacking shavings, mucking stalls. So I was always kind of in physical shape and um, not, you know, easily. I was, I was ready to get my hands dirty basically at that point, but just staying active was the biggest thing. And, you know, trying to prepare, knowing what was coming, the run, you know, the push-ups, you know, all the things they had to do. And then, you know, see Pat, you had to, you know, which is nothing compared to like FST, but you know, to get in, you had to pass uh, the CPAT. So, yeah. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, Eva, but you know, I do watch you because I watch everybody. 
you know, 42 truck. I, I see you guys on at almost every other box. And uh, I've never, I, you're just like anybody else on that truck. I mean, I've seen you carry saws to roofs and carry the irons and never missed a beat. Now I understand why. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and then yeah. I, yeah. I just stay active, you know, even still, I, I do CrossFit, you know, when I'm, my days off and stuff like that. Just stay in, got to stay in shape. To, uh, what would you say is what would uh, you you two have had very successful careers in the FDNY? I'm curious how how, how your how your first day was um, when you walked into the firehouse, and how has it changed from uh, from when you came on to now, if if it, if it has? And then what would be the the biggest piece of advice? Um, because all of the women that are on the FDNY, particularly, I think, are role models to other women. Um, in fact, I know that I know they are. Um, and so they I'm sure a lot of them will listen to this podcast. So, you, again, what has changed? How was your first day? And um, what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who's listening? That's uh, that 15 or 16 year old girl who's thinking about what she wants to do. Right. If you could see it, you could be it. And she's hearing you guys and, and he hearing your stories. So Eva, you go first. Oh, boy. I would just say prepare physically. You need to, you know, prepare yourself to be on this job. It's not like any other job. You know, there's a physical element to it. So you have to have that as your lifestyle. And uh, from the day I walked in, I mean, obviously it's a little nerve wracking being the only female in the firehouse. But if you are prepared and you do what you're supposed to do like everybody else. Um, and there shouldn't be any kind of issues. Um, the guys, I mean, you know, it, it, it took them a little time to get used to me, especially some of the guys that had more time. And now it's, you know, they're my family. Eva, you know, you were very fortunate because you went to, uh, 73 engine. I have a very, a very high regard for them. I, I, I remember them when they were in the firefighter battalion and I used to, then they came in the 14th battalion where I was a foreign firefighter. And, um, you know, your captain is just one of a kind, Danny Sombrato. Frank, Frank will even agree with that because Frank, we've used him numerous times at the rock and, uh, the training that goes on in that firehouse is just <laughs> impressive. You know, Richie Bonacorsa, I know Richie yeah. from, I know Richie 37 years and uh, yeah. you know, how you learned, you were so blessed to, to, to have worked under those guys like Kevin McCutcheon and Danny Sombrato and, you know, and the, some of the senior guys over there. It's just, I mean, I, those guys are all business. I mean, they're, they're very, they're, they're, you don't find that every day, you know, and uh, I'm sure you, you must've uh, really, gained a lot from them and you're now i see you pass it on to the the younger firefighters so it's it's really nice to see that dynamic in their firehouse absolutely how about you michelle what was that like for you uh, you know i i think I, I remember my first day um in proby school more than i even remember my first day in the firehouse um because um, I remember 
getting out of the car in the parking when we could park in the parking lot back then. Um, and like seeing another guy and be like, Hey, good morning. How are you? And kind of getting like a little bit of a cold shoulder from him. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of, and I was the only woman in a class of a hundred. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of going through that. And I'll say like through that, I kind of earned, um, you know, and I, I feel like one of the things is, um, men have to lose, um, the expectation of success. Women have to earn it, um, on, in the fire department, you know, there's definitely that you have to come and improve yourself versus the guy who, ha- who co- the probe who comes in and has to fail. Um, so there, I think for women in general, it still is that I do think that, you know, that's still there. Um, and because uh, my first day in a firehouse was during they were doing that seven, eight weeks in an engine, seven weeks in a truck at the end of proby school. And uh, the first place I went to, I got there and they're like, you're not staying here. Uh, we don't have a bathroom for you. So I was like, what? And it was me and the guy who, who they, they would send firefighters to different firehouses. And after you were out there for 14 weeks that you were supposed to go back to the academy. Um, so it was like, I thought they were joking at first. And then I was like, but, but there's a lock in the bathroom. I can use that. I can use that bathroom. It's not a problem. And they're like, nope, sorry. It's out of our hands already. And I was, uh, then had to, after going to one firehouse, had to go to another firehouse. Um, the first one was, uh, 81 and was it 37, right? 81 and 37. Uh, I'm sorry. 46, 46, right. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and then I went from there down to 318 and 166 in Coney Island. Um, so, and then walked in, you know, once again, walk into another firehouse. Um, and then um, we never went back to the Academy because September 11th happened while we we're out there. Um, and then I went to my first assignment, which was 289. Um, so I had like three days of kind of, uh, or three times that I had to walk into firehouses as the new person. Um, oh, wow. So I was, Nervous? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, but I, I walked out of Proby School with the confidence because I had a couple of uh, the drill instructors pull me aside and tell me that you know they'd be happy to have me in their company. Um, you know, so I kind of had that that reassuring budge of you know like yeah you you do you do great don't worry about it you're gonna be you're gonna do fine kind of thing. So I did have that, you know, that helped. And I'll, I'll say having them pull me aside and say that really helped. Um, and then uh, let's see what's changed. Uh, it's changed quite a bit. I'll say um, it's, uh, you know, I won't say that, you know, even though I love the firehouse that I had worked in as a firefighter, there were a couple of assholes there, you know, um, in different places and on details also running into some assholes. Um, just guys who didn't want to have women work in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also, it was a different era. You know, I can say running into porn in firehouses, getting treated differently. Um, you know, that, that was still happening when I came on the job. And, uh, I think that's definitely gotten in check. Um, I don't, I think there's a lot less of that. I think the department has made, put some policies in place. 
um, the hazing and the bullying, um, where some of the hazing I thought was really fun. I think bucketing people and, you know, certain things that went on were quite amusing. And it, it didn't seem like it, you know, when I ever saw it was targeting people. Um, it seemed to be definitely a, uh, across the board, everyone got it. But, um, then, uh, I think the department's more responsive when people have issues. Um, I wish I could say that women don't have issues anymore, but I, I do know that women still run into issues. And I think sometimes it just has to do with where they're working. I don't, um, as a department as a whole, I think the department as a whole is really supportive of women. I think there are individuals on this job who are not, but I think that you're going to find that anywhere in the world. I think, um, you'll, you know, there are assholes everywhere. Yeah. Michelle, let Can me say just, that on your yeah. podcast. Have I got to get edited out? No, no, no. We're good. <laughs> we're, 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 I appreciate your honesty. I think that's, I think that's great. Right. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, that you, you know, the honesty and, and the progress. Yeah. I mean, it's a, our job is different than certainly when I, when I came on a job, it's very different. And, uh, you went mm-hmm. to a really good firehouse, tough firehouse, like you said, but yeah. there's, uh, you know, there's going to be people that are, uh, are going to be idiots or, you know, in, in yeah. a lot of firehouses and it's how the leadership yeah. keeps that in check or what they do and, and how, how the yeah. tone of the firehouse is set matters and the tone of the job, right. Mm-hmm. That, Leadership starts at the top. So, um, and, and mm-hmm. I think there is support for a lot of these things, as, as you said. So, both of you, I appreciate yeah. the honesty in those answers. Yeah. But, Michelle, yeah. I, you know, I, I, in my, this, 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 is, not, ahead, this is not just, this is not just on the women, though. I went to 17 truck at a probie school. I worked with Vietnam vets, Korean War vets, and it was one World War II mm-hmm. vet. And yeah. there was a woman there that came in, I would say, in 82. And she was on the cover of a New York magazine and they did a big expose on her and mm-hmm. um, it didn't go well, you know, <laughs> to say the least. Right. Um, yeah. They were, it was an old Irish captain. And but it was no different for me. When I walked in the door, I didn't feel like they gave me a big hug. There was I went through the same a lot, a lot of the same stuff. You know, I mean, this is hardcore guys back then, you know, and um I think that I think there needs to be a balance, you know, I mean, um, because we, we can't coddle people either because it's a life and death job, you know. So I think there has mm-hmm. to be some element of like little fear because I let me tell you something. I was afraid. Like I, I doubted myself. I'm like, am I going to be able to do this job? Like I remember being in probably school and the instructor saying, look to the left, look to the right, look in front and look behind you. And you're not not all you're going to be here after 20 years. I'm like. That's a bit harsh, you know, but you know what? Uh-huh. He was right. Um, in my probie class, we've had five or six line of duty deaths, you know, and, um, you know, it's. It, but as know. long as it's as long as it's equal, as long as it's. Yeah. I mean, some of it was a little over the top, right? It was. I agree. Targeted. As long as it's I not agree. targeted because of, you know, because you're a woman or because of your military status or whatever. As long as it's not that, right? And we've reined it in. Um, so oh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's certain stuff, the rite of passage stuff. Some of that is, some of that's, some of that's good, and, and it still goes on, right? And the training still goes on. But as long as you're not excluding somebody from the meal and and stuff like that, right? Just treat everybody the way you want to be treated, and you, you pretty much can't go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, but but I do think women have to prove themselves 
when they get there, as opposed to the the, the men who come in, who they're, yeah, they're I would, given a I would agree with you. Yeah, I would agree that there's you know? a there's yeah there's a harder you know I, I still think there's a, a bit of a you know prove it to me right I think there's a bias. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with I would agree with that, and I don't even know if some people are aware of that uh, bias. To be honest with you, some people are, but you know, um, listen, I've worked with I've worked with uh, female firefighters at every single rank that I've been on, and um, and I've had plenty of women that that um, can do the job better than better than some men. So um, you know, as as long as Whoever it is, I don't care if you could do the job. I think that's it's it's all uh, that's what matters, right? And I think everybody agrees with that. And but but I agree with you, Michelle. There's you have there's a higher bar of proving yourself um, upon entry in in most firehouses. Yeah. But did you I find know. out when, when you did? So by the time I met you, Michelle, you you were already established there. You were there a couple of years. Um, you had, mm-hmm. you had a solid reputation in that firehouse, um, uh, you know, and that firehouse goes to work, right? So I was only oh, yeah. 324, right, right down the block and saw you often and yeah. no one, there was never a bad word spoken about you. Yeah. And, you know, and I, 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 I think I, you know, you, you know, you pr- I proved myself, I, I did the right thing. Um, I had a, a, you know, and the thing was, it turned out that, you know, there was, the only problems I had that really came down to one person who eventually kind of showed his colors and everywhere else and ended up having, you know, even whatever, you know, it's like, you know, that, that person is, you know, that kind of thing happens. Um, but like advice wise, I would tell women, like, I really think anyone can do this job. I think you, if you really have a desire for it, you're willing to put in the time and do the training. Um, I also think you have to be able to let people make mistakes because that's going to happen. I think, you know, being able to kind of like, um, when you do have a problem in the firehouse with someone, it, it can't like, that shouldn't be the dual end all, like to try and like work past things. Um, cause that was one of the things like when I, when I first had problems in the firehouse, I was so angry and I, I was like, I don't even want to fucking be here anymore. Um, and, and then I was kind of, I was able to put that perspective of like, wait, it's one person, you know, I just need to take a step back, you know, and sometimes like one of the biggest things that men in the fire department can be is an ally, um, for a woman who might be having a hard time and being an ally means you got to kind of step forward and say something. You can't just sit back and be an observer. You know, it's like through your silence, it's being compliant with like you being like, oh, okay. You know, you know, being an ally yeah. is really useful. Yeah. You know, it's important. And, and, and not just for women. I think for across the board, when stuff happens, you, you got to say something. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I love this job, you know, I, and I think that's the, the thing is moving past things, you know, like if something happens and it gets corrected, it, it was corrected. Go move on. Don't don't carry it with you the whole way, because that just bogs you down. Michelle, good advice. Michelle, you you're answering all my daughter's questions because you everything that you just answered. She 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 had these questions, so I can't. I have no (laughs) I have no more questions to ask. You know, so um, 
So Eva, what about you now? Um, and you know, you seem to really blend in nicely in 42 truck. I have the same, like uh, Frank says about Michelle, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about you. Um, actually the opposite. I know. Do you want to talk about a little incident in your head on a roof? You comfortable talking about that? Um, sure. I'll talk about that. I think so. And if you're, if you're not, just talk about your first fire. <laughs> no, ask her about the roof, though, because I never heard of anybody getting burnt on a roof. <laughs> <laughs> I said, when they told me she got burnt, I said, what? How do you get burnt on a roof? Because uh, it was a steam burn. Oh, so, okay. Because I was sweating so much. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like. That I got burned because I was sweating. And it was basically a steam burn. Oh, I know. It was a 100 degree day. I remember the day. Yeah. 110 degrees on the roof. Yes. I remember the day. <laughs> and I'm. I'm thinking to myself, like, doesn't she know that you're not supposed to go over the hole when you cut it? You're supposed to, like, kind of stand no, by. Totally. <laughs> so nothing, nothing was pulled at that point. I was just cutting. Okay. I see. And it would just be, you know, the heat, again, uh, engine, the engines were uh, delayed, top four, obviously, heavy fire in the cock loft. Um, I, I got burned from just making the cuts. Wow. Whether it was the, you know, I didn't see any flames, but you know, obviously there was smoke coming out, heavy black smoke. And uh, that's pretty much, you know, I didn't feel it. You know, once I felt it, I was like, oh, I'm burnt. And then uh, I just kept cutting and uh, doing what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I remember because, you know, we all have these apps now on our phones. And I was riding my bike from Bayville to the South Shore. And I remember seeing my phone. You know, third alarm on Hunts Point Avenue or whatever it was, Manaida, wherever it was, down back. And I'm like, yeah, Luffin had it. And I was like, damn. And then I came in and then they were telling me about the job. And they said, oh, yeah. And then Eva got burnt. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean she got burnt? How'd she get burnt on a roof? But you just explained yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so, <laughs> but, you know, you, you know, I have to tell you, 42 truck, I, I, they were the, the elephant house back in the day. And they when they left the 5-5 Battalion, they came in with us. And it was such great firemen in that place. Mike Higgins, Pete Beefield, Mike McLaughlin, Bobby Blair. I don't know if you ever met these guys, like, at parties and stuff. Um, yeah, I've met them. Yeah. But the, not only were they great firemen, they were just, it was a fun place, man. It was like, they, they had great senses of humor. Um, things they used to do, I can't repeat on the air, but, you know, they used to... I remember they, this one guy, Merkel, they used to hang him upside down and, and, and into the slop sink, you know? I mean, it was just, just it was so much fun going over there. And we caught so much work over there with those guys. You know, that whole area was like, you know, that was the Warriors, you know? And, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. There was a guy there, Tom Barry, he was a lieutenant in the truck. And he had a guy that was a, um, a photographer, a friend of his named Mike. And uh, they put a book out together. And this guy, yeah. Mike, he used to, <clears throat> it's a great book. He used, they used to allow him to go up to the fire floor in these vacant buildings. And he's got some of the most incredible pictures I've ever seen on the fire floor. Like he's literally with the guys on the fire floor taking pictures. Like back then, you know, in a vacant building was kind of, kind of easy, like because everything's opened up, you know, and some of the shots, you ever, did you see that book by any chance? 
it's the New York's Bravest. Uh, their lives are on the line. Is that the one that you're talking about? No, it's Tom Barry and Mike Dick, and it's a it's a book of photographs, and it's all 42 truck. And 28 truck and 69 engine, but mostly 42 because he followed Tom Barry around, you know, and uh, that's, you know, that's the kind of company that you work in, you know, and, you know, Michelle, you worked in the, the Tigers. I mean, that that's got yeah. a stellar reputation. The Corona Tigers. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, it, it was I, I worked with a real senior crew. Um, I had a lot of guys to learn from um, it, and, you know, <laughs> some of them are still there. You know, when I bouncing back around there and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I was very fortunate. I, I, uh, you know, was able to go to a lot of fires and, uh, work with some really amazing people. Bobby Nagel was a lieutenant in 58 engine. He was a fireman in 138 truck. And, uh, yes, he was, (laughs) he was, he was old school, Bobby Vietnam vet, you know, just real, you know, old school. You know, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so you ladies, you know, you don't realize it, but I mean, now that you're, you're going to be on this podcast, I mean, you really are like role models for, for America, like for firefighters in general. I mean, you, you're working in the, the, the big of the big leagues and in the better companies in the big leagues, you know, you're not swirled away somewhere like either you're in 42 truck. I mean. I think I can remember off the top of my head, I've, I've written them up for five unit citations, like the 10 years I've been in third battalion, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's a place that's at the top of the game. And same with you, Michelle. I mean, you've, you've worked in, uh, in, in the Tigers. So, you know, my, my daughter asked, my daughter asked, this is her question. Now I'll give you her question. She says, um, she says to me, um, any advice for women who would like to follow in your footsteps? I think Frank kind of asked that already. So, um, yeah, I think you nailed it. You know, you, you, know, you just got to do the right thing. You know, um, and prepare yourself. I want to hear about their. I, I want to hear about their first fire. Yeah, you and, and any organizations that they're involved in that uh, you know that we should that you should plug on the show. I know Michelle's in, been involved with some um, some good organizations outside the job. And this is a good opportunity to uh, to speak oh, about yeah. those. Mm-hmm. You want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Michelle. Um, my first fire. Podcast, um, is okay with it. Frank, <laughs> Frank, you got free reign. You know, I was. <laughs> I was. Uh, let's see, my first fire. Oh, God, I wish I could remember the street it was on. Um, it was. We actually ended up with a fire and a back bedroom and a PD. That was cut up into apartments. Um, and when we pulled up, we were shopping for the meal. Uh, we go to the run. We pull up. There's fire blowing out the back window. Basically, what we do is we, uh, we were a, uh, we had five on the engine. So we actually split. We stretched two lines. Um, two guys stretched the line out to the side because it's blowing up, uh, going up the side of the building. Um, and two of us went in the front door and, uh, it was out before I knew what, what happened. I was smiling ear to ear and like enough. So that when I, <laughs> when I came back out, guys were like your first job, eh? just cause I was so excited about it. Um, it really it went like, it was one of those where you're like, Oh, that was, that was quick. I can't believe how quickly that happened. Um, but it was, it was great. Um, 
And uh, I guess do you want to let Eva tell her first job story? I want to hear and, Eva's uh, first. Job. Eva, where's your where was your first job, Eva? It was uh, right behind the, behind the uh, firehouse. It was one of the projects right behind the. He was on the ninth floor. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, roll up. You know, had the nozzle right in. Put it out. <laughs> it like, two and a half, no less. What was that? Was it two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. Yep. That's no easy feat. Uh, yeah, no. And, That's uh, it. Yeah. Just bang, bang, bang. That was great. I remember my first job as an ABC, right, Frank? Oh, go ahead, Dan. Tell him that's a great that's a great story. <laughs> I'll set the stage. I was a lieutenant in three twenty four, and Dan was uh, in the four six battalion. He had just left our quarters. Actually, you know what, Dan? I'm going to say the whole story. <laughs> he had just left quarters <laughs> to drill. Because he'll screw it up. He had just left quarters to drill. Uh-huh. And about five minutes later, we get a phone alarm reporting a cellar in a private dwelling. It's like six blocks from quarters. Uh, we turn out and no one could beat us there. It's like on 6-2 Street, right across from the from the Long Island Expressway from quarters. No one could beat us there. Mm-hmm. And we hear a 1075. The 4-6 gives a 1075. <laughs> I get there and he's, he's fully bunkered out with an SCBA on. And he, he comes out of the dwelling and he says, the fire is down, down in the basement to the left or whatever, right? And it's, um, <laughs> he's like, I already did a search of the first floor. I'm like, all right, now go be the chief. <laughs> oh man, that that was funny because I was in the car, you know, and I and I see this thing come over. I'm like, I said to the aide, I'm like, that's right down the block, man. <laughs> oh well. Well, anyways, yeah, I, my first job, yeah. I, my first job was on 149th Street between Morris and Morris and Cortland. It was on the right-hand side, and it was, it was a tenement. You know, it was the third floor of a tenement. It was the first real job. And I can remember hanging on to the captain's coat like I was hanging on for dear life. And I'll never forget, the Irons guy was a Vietnam vet, Frank. Um, he went in about five feet and came right back out. <laughs> like, he had no mask on. He was like, he went in about five feet. But I remember distinctly the terror in the people's like coming down the stairs. And I said to myself, my knees, I couldn't stop them from shaking. They were shaking so bad. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm going where? <laughs> like, you know, I got to follow this guy. <laughs> you know, and uh, what's funny, 20 years later, now I'm a captain working in the sixth division. I get a phone alarm for a fire in the same exact apartment in the same exact building. And I go in and it's a one bedroom. It's, near, it's no bigger than uh, my daughter's bedroom. You know, so I thought I was wow. in Yankee Stadium for crying out loud. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, my experience was a little different than yours, Michelle. <laughs> I wasn't smiling. <laughs> I, I think it was. Oh, more... I was. I was grinning at it. Yeah. You, you know what? You know what? You um, although... me up? I'll tell you what could sum me up. You know, that painting of the probie from 15 truck with the old salty lieutenant with the gray hair. He's got no mask on. <laughs> and the, and mm-hmm. the guy's eyes are about as big as sauces, like, you know, like he's in like sheer terror. That that was like me for the first three months on the job. So, I didn't I didn't have those. Yeah. Uh, I guess going to the truck was a little different than going to the engine. And I know, Frank, you started where Marine Park or something, right? Down to three something. Three twenty three. I started. Yeah. Three. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's, uh, I can't believe it's been quite a ride. You know, like, like I, it seems like yesterday I was I'm telling these stories, like, man, I could see myself riding on the back of that open cab on the towel ladder, you know? So, um, anyway, I can't believe the time is flying. Those by. are fun. I love those rakes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, anyway, um, yeah, Frank's got, he's got babysitting duties and I, it's been about an hour. People don't want to hear us more. Than oh, I just hour, wanted so. to, I also just <laughs> wanted to talk a little bit about some of the organizations that are out Go ahead, there. Michelle. Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, um, I know, uh, I'm a member of, um, Women in Fire, uh, which is an international uh, organization that uh, for women in the fire service, and um, uh, they have a con- you know they do a conference every year. Uh, one of them takes place down at FDIC. Um, they they do it yes. every other year. They do one year they do a leadership conference. They do that at FDIC, um, mm-hmm. and then the next year they do like a just a full on Women in Fire international conference. Um, and they, they do great work. They uh, do a lot of advocacy work. They do kind of mentoring. Um, they put out announcements of jobs across the country. Um, you know, they do, and, and they also do other little, like, smaller um, trainings and stuff like that. that but it's a great organization um, that for women who are in fire service to, to reach out to that. I've also worked with um, the Fire Service Women of Ontario, Um and because uh, I know some women who are firefighters up in Ottawa. So I've gone up there uh, a number of years now. They, they do a great conference um, that I've been to. Um, I used to be involved with the, new, uh, the Fire Service Women in New York State. They do a uh, conference that has a lot of volunteers involved with it. Um, then they do, they do a conference every year as well. Um, and they started a summer camp that uh, I was actually the co-founder of with uh, Anna Skimmerhorn Collins, who's a lieutenant in the uh, FDMY. We started Phoenix Fire Camp back in 2007, which is still going. Um, it's a, um, a week-long sleepaway camp for teenage girls to, uh, you know, get exposed to the fire service. Um, and we've had some of the, some of the women who've gone through there are now career firefighters. Uh, a lot of them are nurses. Um, but that was a, that was a really great thing, like getting that started and running that, that, um, for, uh, I was involved with them for seven years of running with that before I kind of stepped back from that. And, um, then I'm also on the, I'm the president of, uh, Fireflag EMS, which is the New York city fire department's, uh, affinity organization for LGBTQ plus people. So, you know, I think, uh, one of the things that I can say is for women on the job is to reach out, meet other women, get mentors, um, and, you know, see what other people are doing, uh, around the country. So that's my little plug for those organizations. Quite a resume. You know, my sister was uh, NYPD, but she only did 20 years to the minute. And now she's retired into Florida, but, um, yeah, I mean, you guys are like pioneers. Eva, you, you involved with any of these organizations on the side or you just you're more low-key i think yeah i'm a little more low-key and uh, kind of keep to myself there <laughs> i know that <laughs> i know that <laughs> but uh well listen you're gonna i'm what i'm gonna do is uh, i'm gonna encourage anyone that's listening if they want to reach out to you guys they could call me they know how to get in touch with me on any social media and i'll be happy to turn them on to you guys but you are definitely great role models for the FDNY or else you wouldn't be on the show tonight, obviously. Um, 
And I want to thank Frank for I, Frank. Frank is great. I could call him ten, two minutes before the show and he'll come on. So <laughs> I apologize. I got to learn how to tell you. I got to learn to tell you no. Michelle, real <laughs> quick before we end this, just where is yeah. the uh, Women in Fire Conference next year? Uh, the one, the one next year is FDIC. It's happened. You know, it's, it's FDIC for this year. Next year, we don't know where it's happening. New York City Fire Department did put a bid in for it, mm. but um, I know they're uh, they're in their process of evaluating the 2024 conference. But I know their 2023 conference is at FD, at FDIC. Um, it's their leadership conference. Fantastic. So, well, they should, I think, in. March, I think they'll have their announcement of where that 2024 conference is. So, so this okay. year in FDIC, I'll be doing the keynote speech on Wednesday, the 25th or whatever it is. I think the 26th. They do it on, I believe it's Monday of FDIC, right before right. everything gets up and running. They do yes. it on the Monday is when they do the Yes, I know exactly what they do in that hotel. I know exactly where they are. Yes. Yeah. Well, all yeah. right. Well, um. Well, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Frank, for uh, last minute pitch in. Um, I was hoping, I, you know, I had someone else, uh, another chief lined up, but she never got back to me. So, but this was great. Eva, thank you. I told you that I'd throw you nothing but softballs, right? Did I keep my yeah. word? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to give me 30 looks at the next box we go to, are you? I might, a little bit. <laughs> you should. You definitely should. Yeah. yeah. Be respectful, but give him some dirty looks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, guys. All right, listen. I don't have my music to play. Usually I sign off with some nice classical music, but we don't have that. Peter's gonna have to fill that in later. So guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go. You could just click hang up and uh I guess I'll see you guys on the fire floor or whatever. And um be safe out there. Take care, guys. All right, take care. Thanks, take care. Bye bye.